This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Jacob Media or its guests and do not reflect the views of WPHT or Odyssey. Today's program is pre-recorded. There are so many choices when it comes to selecting the right financial institution. Start with the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. We're right here in your city. We're also the official credit union of Temple University, and anyone who lives, works, worships, and studies in Philadelphia can open an account with convenient locations throughout our city of brotherly love. Also online at pfcu.com with free online and mobile banking. We're not here for our profit, here for yours. Federally insured by NCUA. WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. An Odyssey station. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios. Where relationships matter. This is Talk Radio 1210. WPHT. It's good news in real estate. If you're a homeowner, if you're selling a home, or perhaps purchasing a home or vacation property, welcome to our home. It's good news in real estate. Presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Your hosts for the next radio hour. The mortgage mom, Deanne Kitsaris, along with real estate veteran and owner-operator of the Philadelphia Real Estate Class. Mark Cumberland. Your real estate education starts right now. It's good news in real estate. Presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. All right. Good afternoon. Get ready to laugh and learn here on Good News in Real Estate on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. I'm Mark Cumberland along with my co-host, the mortgage bomb, Deanne Katsaris. How are you, Dan? I'm doing just great, Mark. Just Fabulous. Very good. And we're excited to be talking to you every Saturday at 1 o'clock here on WPHT Talk Radio 1210, the number one talk station in the city. And we are the only real estate show in the Philadelphia market. So if you want to ask us a question about commercial, residential mortgage, uh, real estate, mortgages, (laughs) whatever, give us a call. I'll answer any question. I don't care. My number is 267-266-5501. What's your number, and my number is 609-605-7153. And one of our listeners sent me a joke this week, so that's a good thing. That and, is a good and thing. We're here every week to answer your questions, keep you informed in any way we can with your real estate news. And you can also listen to our show at goodnewsandrealestate.com, previous shows, and at WPHT's website. So what's coming up today? Coming up on today's show, Mark, we have the market report. Yes. We have our business tips with Asking Dr. A. A new series. A new series that he's going to be starting. Um, we also have Mark's funny story. Yes. And we also have our mortgage mom topic. Which is what? Eight things you didn't know about the USDA loans. All right. Big, and then Mark, we also... Big move what? for that one. Move. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell everybody you get a gallon of milk when you go to closing, so... <laughs> All right. And we also have our questions. Is the financing market loosening up so people can get mortgages... The next one is, I recently bought a house. Which improvements will give me the biggest return on my investment? The next one is, how is the market in Philly compared to other cities? And the next question is, I own a house. Should I do a refinance or a loan modification? All good questions. Always. And today, Mark, our topic of the day are tips for relieving stress over an upcoming appraisal. Yes. That should be pretty good. Yeah. Of course. All of right. course first, it's going to be good. <laughs> but of course, of course. But first, give us your motivational quote. And the motivational quote is, if your dreams do not scare you, they are not big enough. So you got a dreamer bigger. <laughs> uh, 
I'll have to tell you off oh. the air a dream I had not too long ago. Oh, very geez. vivid. Don't take vitamin C before you go to bed. If you're going to take vitamins, take your vitamin C before you go to bed. It'll be <laughs> in uh, what was the old term they used for uh, movies? Color. Uh, It'll be in color. Your oh, dreams, your dreams will be in are in color if you take, if you vitamin, take vitamin C before you go to bed. They use it in dream experiments. What's the big thing Hollywood used to say when it was color movies back in the day? It was. Uh, not not was, Kodachrome, uh, but there was a thing about it. Okay. Anyway, so where are we at? So, Mark, we are up to the market report. All right. So there is the bell. So last week, you know, we're starting to get a little bit more inventory. Last week, I mentioned that actives of the day of the show were 4,643 at over 600,000. This week's it's up a little bit to 4,654. So, I mean, we're getting increases, but it's not that big. And the current market's changing, and it's good news for buyers. Even though there's a current little deceleration in the market, it's good news for buyers after two years of scorching property markets. Recent sale data tell us that housing market has finally begun to decelerate a little bit. Here's why to slow down. Now, you got to take this with a grain of sand, because the slowdown that they're talking about is very minimal. Is good, but it is good news for buyers. Home inventory is rising. The National Association of Realtors data shows that inventory home sales began to rise in April with more right. than 237,000 additional homes on the market by June. This number is expected to keep rising. Now, that sounds like a lot, but you got to realize and the- there's. 140 million houses. So 237,000 is not like a big number. Sales. And in the grand scheme of things, it's not either. I know. And that's the same with thing with Philly. I mean, there's a bump. I see these realtors on Facebook and there's a, there's more inventory on the market. And then I'm looking at the numbers and it went up by like 200 in a week, you know, at over 600,000 sales are cooling earlier this month. The annual rate of new home sales fell 17% 17% between March and April was also the lowest reading since April of 2020. Reports showed a number of homes with price reductions continue to rise while share of homes getting multiple offers is decreasing, which that makes sense to me because people come into their senses, they're pricing it right, not shooting for the moon. And so if they're pricing it right, maybe you're not getting as many offers as you are. But you're still getting multiple offers. Even though the current market deceleration expected to continue for some time, buyers who took a break from the housing shopping, like you had a lot of them, got out, now getting back in, may benefit from re-entering the market now. Real estate agents and mortgage lending professionals will be able to work more closely with buyers, trading the pressure of bidding words for traditional customers, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, maybe. And this may be all that's required for would-be buyers to find. But here's why people are confused. Listen to this little paragraph. Inventory is up 3.8% from, now we're talking national, previous week. Inventory is increasing much faster than normal for this time of the year, both in percentages and in total inventory added because we are in spring-summer mode, Right. Inventory is still historically low. Compared to the same week in 21, inventory is up 30.3% from 391,000. However, compared to the same week in 20, 
Inventory is down 21.4% from 647,000. Compared to three years ago, inventory is down 47.6% from 970,000. This is why the public doesn't know what the hell is going on. Like, who is explaining that except us? Right. And nobody. Because, and that doesn't even make sense, honestly. Like, it does make sense when you think sense. about it yeah, in the big well, picture. In the big picture. But, but if you only read that first line, inventory is up 30%, you would think there's a big thing of inventory just at the market. Right. But when you, by the time you get to the bottom, it's actually down 47%. Right. And from three and, years ago. And with that being said as well, the um Jumbo Shrimp. Jumbo Shrimp. <laughs> but again, this time last year, we were I mean, the, the refinances were exploding. Yeah. So Yeah, because yeah, you were at two six, right? Two five. Yep. But yep. like this is the problem. Now there's a bunch of agents. It was I was in a debate with a bunch of agents on Facebook, and they were all saying, you know. There's going to be a bunch of agents out of business, which I think is going to happen. Not sure. as bad as 08, but because they don't lead generate correctly, they don't they can't they don't want to pick up the phone and explain stuff like this. Not it's and tell, not and mm. tell sellers it's the best time ever to sell because they don't know. You That's don't, you don't have people that are that are. I ran into an I ran into an agent that thought we were in a buyer's market. Yeah, you you have to learn your craft. Is is I'm just going to leave it at that. All right, yeah, so tell let's us, tell us the rates. The rates right now, you have your 30-year conventional at 6%. You have your 15-year fixed at 4.75. You have a 5-1 arm, which is at 4.5%. And your 30-year FHA is at 5.625. And your VA is at 5.5%. Yeah. Open, open the spigot, Joe. Solve <laughs> a lot of problems here. All right, come on. All right. All right. So with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. All positive, all the time. We'll be right back. On behalf of the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union, we hope you're enjoying Good News in Real Estate with Deanne Katsaris and Mark Cumberland. The Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. Hey, welcome back to Good News from Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, all positive, all the time. So where are we at? So, Mark, we are up to your funny story. So a listener actually sent me this story, and it's called A Dumb Real Estate Agent. So a plane is on its way to Toronto, and this dumb real estate agent happens to be on the plane, and he's in economy class, and he gets up, he sees an opportunity to go to first class, and he goes to first class and sits down. The flight attendant watches him do this and asks him to see the ticket. She tells the agent that he paid for economy class and that he's going to have to go back and sit in his seat. The agent says, I'm a top real estate agent. I'm good looking. I'm going to Toronto and I'm staying right here. So the flight attendant goes into the cockpit. She tells the pilot and the co-pilot that there's this really cocky real estate agent sitting in first class that belongs in the economy and he won't move back. So the co-pilot says, I'll go back and talk to him. He goes back to the agent and tries to explain. He says, you only paid for economy. He goes, you're going to have to leave and return to your seat. The agent replies again, listen, you don't know who I am. I'm a top real estate agent. I'm an important person. I'm going to Toronto and I'm staying here. 
co-pilot goes back, tells the pilot they probably should have the police waiting when they land and arrest this cocky agent who won't listen to reason. Pilot says, you said he's a top real, top producing real estate agent? He goes, I'll handle this. I'm married to a real estate agent. He goes, I'll speak to him. So he goes back to the agent. He whispers in his ear, and the agent says, oh, I'm sorry. And the agent comes up and goes back to his seat in the economy. The flight attendant and the co-pilot are amazed. They asked him, what did you, what'd you say to him that made him move without any fuss? He goes, I told him first class so it wasn't going to Toronto. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. So thanks to Eric for sending that one in. We're I'm gonna we're gonna get in trouble. <laughs> Definitely getting in trouble. Hey, I know a bunch of them that are not rocket scientists, so <laughs> goes with if the you, territory. <laughs> if you have a funny story, send it to eight oh two nine at Comcast.net or give us a call at two six seven two six six fifty five oh one. And now it is time for the mortgage mom segment with Deanne Cat Saris from Green Tree Mortgage, one of the biggest mortgage companies in the world. And her topic today <laughs> is uh oh. Uh oh <laughs> I had it written down. I had it written down. Eight eight things that you should know about a USDA loan. All right. Again, Let's just I've, keep it for the record. You screwed it up, but it's yeah, it I've been good. I, I think of for have. the last two you months been I've good. been on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you blew that record because it's eight <laughs> things you didn't know about the USDA home loans. And them records don't last too long. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number one, did you know that USDA mortgages can be no money down, 100% financing? Yes, I actually did know that. So US, USDA mortgages require no down payment. When you buy a house and use a USDA mortgage to finance it, you can literally close with no cash whatsoever. Even your closing costs can be included. So yep. you're rolling Great into deal. closing with a pen and your ID and you're good to go. And I think my house should be included in that because I got a farm right up the street from me, but I'm not included. And you know what thought did, right? Yeah, I know couple times. Okay. Num <laughs> number two. <laughs> exactly. Num number <laughs> Can I finish? Go ahead. Go for uh, it. <laughs> number two, USDA loans are guaranteed. So this is the second thing that you might not know about the USDA loan is that when you get a USDA loan, the U.S. Department of agricultural guarantees that your payments will be made. And this security allows your lenders to provide competitive interest rates. Yes. Fun facts. Fun fact number three, USDA loans allow the down payment to be gifted. So the third thing that you may not know about the USDA loans is that although the USDA home loan can be a no money down program, you can put money down to actually lower your monthly payment and you don't have to come up with the down payment on your own. So this can be gifted from a charitable organization, a parent, a grandparent, or another family member. It's good. Number four, USDA mortgages are fixed rate only. So the fourth thing is that there are only two terms available for USDA financing, and that's a 15-year fixed loan or a 30-year fixed loan. There's no adjustable um, rate mortgage that's available to homeowners through the USDA. 
and it is for owner occupied only. So you can't use this as an investment property or a second home. Number five, buyers can finance $27,500 in home improvements with a USDA loan. So although it allows the buyers to borrow 100% of the home's purchase price, plus another $27,500 on top of that for repairs and home improvements. And I know what you're going to ask me, how'd they come up with that number? Yeah, the, <laughs> the government, right? Yep. So allowable repairs include replacing a roof, remodeling for accessibility of handicapped person, and or making energy efficient improvements to a house. Fun fact number six. No, I, I, this is a good program. And I, I tell you, a lot of people don't know about this. And in the counties, you know, with all the farms, a lot of people probably qualify this. Yeah. Now, does a marijuana farm count? If it's located in a USDA territory, yes. Farm is a farm is a farm. If it smells like a farm, right. it's a farm. Thank God Jersey got rid of the circles <laughs> before they legalized this pot. <laughs> oh, my God. Number six, USDA mortgages are easy to refinance. The sixth thing you may not know is um, if the mortgage rates drop in the future, homeowners with a USDA loan can refinance quickly and easily through a USDA streamline refinance, just like we talked about with your FHA streamline. You only have to show that you've paid your mortgage on time for the past 12 months and that the refinance will lower your payment by $50 or cool. more. All right, number seven, USDA mortgages allow below average credit rating. So the seventh thing that you may not know is that USDA's official mortgage rulebook says that home buyers must have a credit score of 640 to get approved, but it will approve for home loans with credit scores below on a case-by-case -case basis. So how low can you go? No, I'm just asking. <laughs> it's on it. It's on a case-by-case -case basis. I mean, they're not going to go any lower than a 580. Right. Well, 580s. Um, but you got to have a lot of assets. Good. Yeah, you got to have a lot of assets to All be right. able to do that. So the last one, the USDA loans can be assumed by someone else. So when um, USDA mortgages are assumable, and this means that it can be passed along to future buyers of your house with the same interest rate. So imagine five years from now selling your house with this current rate intact, your home could be easier of all to sell because it already has That's a low cool. mortgage. So if you're looking for a home in a more rural area and you meet the credit and income qualifications, you may benefit from the USDA loan. Call me for details. A lot of um, realtors don't know of this information. So it's best to get pre-approved as we always say in the beginning. So feel free to either go to my website. There's information on USDA loans. And you can also personally contact me at 609-605-7153. Go to the website, mortgagemom.net. And there's an actual map you can go to, right? And see if your house is in a USDA. You can go to usda.gov and go to property eligibility. And it'll go over all the, you just type in your full address. Type in your address, yeah. And it'll tell you whether or not it's in um, a rural area for eligible for USDA. All right. That was a good one. Thanks, Mark. I hardly ever hear of anybody use that loan, you know? Because a lot of people don't know about it. And it's a great niche. 
it's definitely a great niche. All right. So with that, what are we doing? With that. We are going to a commercial break, and then we're coming back and answering the, our listeners' questions. Very good. So with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on 1210 WPHT, all positive all the time. We'll be right back. Deanne and Mark are halfway through this week's edition of Good News in Real Estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. When the show returns, more real estate news from around the Delaware Valley. This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. All right. Welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on 1210 WPHT. All positive, all the time. So we at, Dan. So, Mark, we are up to our question and answer segment. So what's the first question? The first question is, has the financing market loosened up so people can get mortgages? Well, I don't think it really tightened up. I mean, the cash out refinance part of it is getting a little bit more stringent just because they, you know, people have so much equity in the house. They want to know what it's going to be used for. Um, But as far as it really. That's not really tightening. It's not tightening. It's, and I I don't really think it's tight. I mean, if you have a job and a decent credit score, you know. This is just lack of knowledge out there. Like the media does not talk about real estate in any detail. So this is a person that thinks, you know, we're almost back in an 08 situation when everything's tightening up and we're not in that situation. We're not even close to 08 situation. The real estate market has only crashed one time in 73 years. And that was 08. Real estate always is pretty consistent. And they put a lot of regulations in after 08, but it's a great time to get a mortgage. The rates aren't that bad. You're still at five, five and a half, six. Historically, yeah. rates are eight, 12, 14. In the yeah. 70s and 80s, you were looking at almost 20%. You know? And the one thing, the one thing that, about that stuff. The one thing that has changed a little bit is just the credit score. So, you know, pre COVID, we were doing 580 for FHA, and now right. some banks can do it. But now it's 620. Yeah, which is not that bad. And the average consumer in the country is over a 620. So what's the next one? Can you send them my way? All right. So question number two, I recently bought a house. Which improvements will give me the biggest return on my investments? We talk about this one all the time. Yeah, we get it in different ways. In fact, I just had somebody asking me. They were thinking about doing some things, and they had a couple bad ideas. They were like talking about like a swimming pool. And I was like, you know, not necessarily. I mean, some people don't want pools. Pools are a liability. Uh, Is it going to be in ground, above ground, you know, kitchens, bathrooms, stuff like that. Florida rooms, that kind of stuff adds value. You know, you might add square footage with that kind of stuff. You know, updated, uh, updated stuff is going to be a plus. Finished basement might not help you at all because appraisers don't take below ground level stuff into consideration. So if you spent yeah. 20, 20 grand on putting your movie theater in and a, and a gym down in the basement because you got a giant one like I got in the convent, you know, I had a wedding in my basement. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but that they don't count that square footage. So that it doesn't help you. And I just did a whole, I got a, Seven, 17 or 18 foot long bar now with uh, big screen TVs. I got 
Even I put a drop ceiling in, and I still got 10-foot ceilings, and none of that counts. You know? That's awesome. But like it counts I, for entertainment. I, my bar <laughs> downstairs is bigger than some of the local bars in the neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's the next one? The next question is, how is the market in Philly compared to other cities? Our market's good because <clears throat> even though thing, the rates went up a little bit, Philly's still a bargain compared to other cities. Uh, we are the city of row homes. And, you know, even though our prices are up, like we talked last week about, you know, when we started the show, nationwide uh, median price was 250 Now it's 450 But, you know, compared to New York, Washington, like, we're a bargain. And the other markets, I've been looking at them, and most of them are up a little bit, but not outrageously up. But but Philly compared to New York, you can't even touch it. We're, we are such a bargain. 92% of uh, New York rents because it's so expensive to buy. And Philly's up to 48% rents. Now, I'm going to do something on rentals next week because uh, – uh, I might do it as a topic because there's a lot of stuff going on with rentals. And then in Philly, this genius we have of a mayor is reassessing everybody. And some places are going up. The average is 30%. There's some places going up 50 to 70%. So if you're renting that unit out, what are you going to do? Those rents are going up. Right. And then they're talking about the government. Well, we're going to get into building houses like every program I ever seen, and I worked at council for 14 years, that they get involved in housing always ends up in disaster. A disaster is right. Always. There's yep. always some kind of scam going on, and somebody's lines their pockets, and little pigs get fed, and big pigs get slaughtered. <laughs> so I'm not, I don't have too much confidence in that. But to answer the question, we are a bargain compared to most places. So. And the real estate taxes. Yeah, and the taxes are not that bad, but they're they're whittling away at that bargain, too. So what's the next one? All right, question number four is, I own a house. Should I do a refinance or a loan modification? Well, those are two completely different Thanks. scenarios. Yeah. Yeah, so the refinance depends on if you're looking to take cash out, um, pay off some other existing debt, or just get a lower rate. Your, lo your loan modification means you're having an issue, you know, making the payments and they're going to put for, some yeah, of that yeah. interest to the back of the loan. That's so, usually a, a foreclosure process. You're in for um, not necessarily foreclosure, but getting close to it, yes. Yeah, so they, they modify your loan to get you back on your feet. Right. I actually went through that in the early 80s when I started a business and... Uh, my partner bailed and I was in trouble. So much trouble that my wife was pregnant and uh, no income whatsoever. Got on welfare. She used food stamps. I still have one where I throw my wallet <laughs> and my keys at night just to remind me where I was at one time. And back then, if you were on welfare, you had to pay it back. So when I got back on my feet and got a job and everything, I owed them like eight grand. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to pay, I had to pay them back, but the loan modification they lowered my mortgage payment to like a few hundred bucks because well back then it wasn't that much anyway, but and then they gradually lowered they raised it and then I had to pay like pay the back off and then the principal on what I was doing, but I saved the house right 
you know, but it, it was, I don't, you know, some difficult times, you know. Yeah, everybody but, goes through. You know, it happens, but like, you know, you know, you don't make, that was a life situation. I had a great business too. I just had a partner that with, he suffered from fear of success and he, and he bailed on me. I have a hard time. I can never understand that problem, but I know people that have it. I've had a couple experiences with it three times in my career with some yeah, people. Yeah, and that's, and it's, it's really, hard to pick like the right me, partner. Me and you don't think like that. Like we always think right. about how we can grow and grow and grow. And then there's other people that are thinking like, uh, I remember he actually said to me, this is getting too big, too fast. And I was like, that that bounced around in the Cumberland skull. Like, what? What? <laughs> what, what? I, what? what? Like, I couldn't right. understand that. I remember talking to myself. I had this giant warehouse, 36,000 square feet out in Conshohock. And, and I was driving back on the Skookum Expressway. And, and I, those words were dinging around in my brain. It's getting too big, too fast. Like, that was the whole point. Right. Right. <laughs> anyway. All right. So that was good questions. And you did, you actually did a topic on that. The fear of fear success. Of success. Yeah. People you get did it. a topic on that. Yeah. They get it. Yeah. So coming up next, Mark is going to be our topic of the day and it's tips for relieving stress over an upcoming appraisal. All right. Very good. So with that, you're listening to good news from real estate here on talk radio, 1210 WPHT all positive all the time. Good News in Real Estate with Deanne Katsaris and Mark Cumberland is proudly being provided by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. Deanne and Mark will have more in a moment, but first, a message from one of our home team partners, Green Tree Mortgage. How much do you qualify for? Ask Deanne now at MortgageMom.net. Welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, all positive, all the time. So we're at the end. So, Mark, we are up to our topic of the day, which is tips for relieving stress over an upcoming appraisal. Yeah, and people do stress out over this. So there's a little process. So, you get, so you're buying a house, you know, which is stressful enough, especially if you don't have a really good agent that did a good buyer's needs analysis and relief and told you everything that's going to happen from the beginning to the end before you even go out and look at houses and you're totally pre-approved. And now it's not every time somebody comes up, uh, something comes up, you're learning something new. That's the bad way to do that. That causes stress. This is a perfect place for the dirt lady story. But anyway, so appraisals allow for homeowners and buyers to establish what is a fair market value of a property. In addition, the appraiser allows the lender to know how much they can safely lend because this protects the lender. You know, so like these offers that are coming in 50000 above price, they have to appraise. And if the appraiser can't come up with like, oh, they got a new kitchen or they added a Florida room, whatever, that bring that number up. Right. If, not, if none of that ever happened, all the houses would stay at the same prices forever. And I remember, remember about like, it must have been about eight years ago. Yeah, they were freaking FHA out. FHA was cracking down on appraisers doing audits, and all the appraisers were all nervous. And, and like, yeah, because they were doing audits, and they, if some auditor went out and saw, like, a crack in the sidewalk and the appraiser didn't do something about it, then, then the appraiser was knocked right. off the FHA list, and that cost them lots of money because they weren't getting any FHA appraisals. So the appraisals are especially important because they are objective, 
there's unbiased, they're a third party here, unlike others involved in the real estate transaction, they don't have no, no emotion involved in it. Uh, they're independent professionals and they perform a service for a fee. And this process, however, can be trying, even frustrating. Recent declines in the housing market have spawned some scapegoats, you know, in the industry, including appraisers. Like people, you know, they put this high price offer in to get this house. And then the appraiser, say it's two, just for numbers, $200,000 house, they offer $250 because they want to win. And they win. And the appraiser comes in at 220. So now there's only two options. The buyer comes, the buyer comes up with that extra order, but the seller's ticked because they want 250 and they got to come down to 220. And it causes tension. So there's, you know, to you want to try to avoid that kind of stuff. Too many consumers are, you know, in the market are faced with the problems with attempting them when attempting to buy or sell. But rather than impassively endure delays in closing, homeowners and buyers should take proactive steps to avoid pitfalls. You know, understanding the role of the appraisal is, here's some tips, is important. It's neither in your interest nor the interest of the lender for you to purchase a property that is overpriced in value. So in a way, they are protecting you if you're going in too high because it has to appraise. Make sure the lender hires a qualified appraiser. You know, a member of one of the alphabet right. soups, SRA, SRPA, MAI, the Appraisal Institute. The lowest priced appraiser does not necessarily equate to the most qualified. That's like there's a big time difference between residential appraisers and commercial appraisers. Uh, com I, I know appraisers that never did a commercial appraisal. Accompanying the appraiser during the inspection is possible. The more active of a participant you are in the process, the more you will understand it. Now, me personally, and I told, always train my agents, you're allowed to talk to your appraisers. They are, there's some myth out there, like the 20% down myth and all these other myths, that you're not allowed to talk to your appraiser. Right. I always, I always do something that somehow this appraiser's got to call me to get in his house. One, if either side I'm on, buyer or seller. Somehow he's got to call me. And what I do is I do... Uh, comparative market analysis, and I do that before I write the deal anyway, but then I give the appraiser what I find, comps, and I'm telling you, 98% of them are cool with it, like, because you did some of the work for them, so now they look at your stuff, they just got to verify, and maybe find another, because sometimes appraisers will go in and search, if you search in the MOS, you can search by zip code, subdivision, and if they go, like, Fox Chase subdivision, and they only look at that. And then there's one over on Dungan Road, which is, I think, the border of Ron Hurst Fox Chase. And there's that comp right across the street, and the appraiser misses it. Now you got an appraisal problem. I had a good example on the boulevard one time. One side of the boulevard's Castor Gardens, and the other side's Mayfair. And there was a comp eight lanes away that the appraiser missed. But because I gave them comps, we appraised. And then you can request a copy of the appraisal report from the lender. Federal, federal law requires that you get a copy of the appraisal within 30 days. Examine the appraisal report. Ask questions. Like I have, I've had problems with appraisals at my house because it used to be a convent. And they would compare the convent to a cape, you know, which is not even close. But like there was no other convents. <laughs> so it's not right. like you got a convent every uh, few blocks. 
appraising the art of the appraisal review. You can review. You can actually <laughs> uh, an appeal an appraisal if you think they missed them, and uh, the appraisal appeal and it is appropriate. Market conditions do change, especially in economic times. If you feel that new information may change your appraisal, like say some house came on the market, was for sale, is now pending, higher than what you need it, that appraiser can take that pending into, into consideration. That's an example. Ask the lender to order a second appraisal by a qualified designated appraiser. And then you can file complaints if you think, if it's appropriate that this guy did something non-ethical. So there's an appraisal board and organizations. They're supposed to live by a set of ethics also. So, you know, the big thing with the appraisal is I don't understand why real estate agents, you know, they order the appraisal and all that with the, mor with the mortgage company, and then they cross their fingers and hope it works out. Like, I've never, I've never done that. I always reach out to these appraisers. They're scared. And talk to them and tell them, like, especially if you got a weird house like mine, and explain to them the situation. Right. So, you know, be proactive. <clears throat> Don't cross your fingers and hope it works out is the best advice. Very good. Great advice. That was a sh that, that was short, short and sweet. It was short and sweet. So, Mark, we are up to our segment with Asking Dr. A. And today we are starting a new series, Staff Performance Fit for New and Current Staff Members. How are you, Dr. Abelson? I'm doing wonderful. How are you guys doing? We're good. We're so, doing great. So kick this off. How are we starting? Well, what I want to do is I want to shift gears a little bit. We were talking about the hybrid office and those types of things before. But really what we really need to focus on is how do you get top performers and how do you get a really good fit between staff that you want to hire, okay, and make sure they're top performers, as well as how do you want to realign your current staff so that uh, you can get them into positions that, that work the best for them. Because it, it's interesting, what, what, uh, what happens, what we're seeing is there's just so much pressure in the workplace that people, they're changing their job descriptions, but they're not being informed about that. Uh, they, have to, they have to flex and, and do other things uh, and uh, things that they're not used to doing. So one of the points comes is, is how can we identify what they're really gonna be good at uh, and then slot them in that position instead of hoping we have figured it out ahead of time. You know who should be listening to you? The medical profession. I am getting nurses like wildfire getting real estate license. They all want out of the medical field due to the COVID. They all well, want out. It's tough. It's not just the COVID. I mean, one of ours is, is healthcare, and and they are in incredible pressure because they're responsible for the meds that are given to people. All right. But they're not the ones calling the shots with that. The doctors are the ones calling the shots with that. And then they have to put up with some of the doctors have fantastic bedside matters. Some of the doctors are great as far as interacting with others, but some ain't so great. OK, and they have yeah. to put up with that as well. So there, there, there's the status, there's the ego, you know, and then there's the, the being accurate and being correct, even though they're not the ones that are prescribing the meds. And they're having a shortage. So then they're making them work more. And that's even more stress. 
Well, that shortage has been going on for a couple decades now, so that's nothing new. So that's been something that the industry has been experiencing a lot and, and, and a long time. But what you're telling us, Mark, is that you're seeing a lot of people, a lot of nurses getting out of the nursing and they're getting into the real estate just because they can't they can't take the pressure anymore, whether it's COVID, yeah, whether they had it's enough. the culture, they whether it's say. the doctor, whatever. So the trick then is, where do you slot them in the real estate industry to take advantage of their qualities and their best qualities because they're not used to being in sales. They're not used to be, they're used to customer service, of course, because I have to deal with that. But selling customer service is much different from delivery customer service when somebody's in the hospital and they're very receptive to whatever you're going to do for them because you're going to help them out. Whereas sales customer service is, is very, very different. Right. But some of them are, you know, had good bedside manners and some of them will be fine because I've, I've had, over the yes. years, part-timers, I had a lot of nurses work for me because they had flexible hours. You know, they could do them 10-hour, three, four days, and they made enough money that that's all they had to do. And then they had all this other time on their hands. Well, and they're also very bright. Right. A lot of times they're discounted, but they're typically very bright people. Yeah. So, uh, and they're, and they're, they're not valued to the extent that they should be valued. So, we're going to do a series on this, and we're going to, like, give us a taste of kind of topics we're going to look, look at, at we're going to look at behaviors we're going to look at motives we're going to look at leadership characteristics we're going to look at eq we're going to look at stress and we're going to see how all that has right, an impact. so uh, stay tuned and come back for more of it or visit with us at ableson.net and i'd be delighted to talk to you about it so you don't even have to wait for mark and Deanna. very good thank you dr Abelson. Right. thank you dr Ray. if you have any questions you can email them to mark at 8029 at comcast.net or give them a call at 267-266-5501. You can also email me at Deanne Katsaris at Comcast.net or give me a call at 609-605-7153. A special thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in and sending me jokes. Send me more jokes. I'm up to 921. And or we have a couple spots on our show. We're looking for a couple sponsors. If you give me a call, I'll explain it to you. Great tax write-off, tons of exposure here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. We hope to keep you, make you a faithful listener every week, keep you informed. And every Saturday at 1 o'clock here on Talk Radio. So with that, have a great week. I'm Mark Cumberland. I'm Deanne Katsaris, your mortgage mom. You've been listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. All positive, all, all the, the time. time. Thanks for listening to Good News in Real Estate, a Jacob Media production. If you're interested in learning more about the power of the radio hour, contact Joe Kraus at 267-261-3428. This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Jacob Media or its guests and do not reflect the views of WPHT or Odyssey. Today's program is pre-recorded.